talk about harvest tonight, and in particular, I want to talk about recognizing your harvest. How many of you want a harvest? How many of you need a harvest? How many of you expect a harvest? All right, well, I want to teach tonight about how to recognize the harvest. Vamos a hablar esta noche de cómo reconocer nuestra cosecha. ¿Cuántos quieren una cosecha? Entonces vamos a hablar de eso de acuerdo a la palabra del Señor. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for the presence of the Holy Spirit. I thank you tonight for answered prayer, that you hear us when we pray. And I know that as our prayers have gone up into heaven tonight, that you have heard them and that you are answering them even as we speak. I believe that right now you're working things out on our behalf. And for that, we thank you and we give you praise. We ask now that you would anoint my lips of clay to teach the word of God. And I ask that you would anoint the hearing of this congregation. Anoint their ear, the ear of faith, that they might hear the word and believe it tonight. We ask that in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. There are three words here in this uh, passage that I want to identify for you. And the Bible tells us that as the earth remains, there will be seed, time, and harvest. Can you say that with me? Seed, time, and harvest. One more time. Seed, time, and harvest. And every now, time we think about harvest, we have to think about this principle that God has established in nature... He's also established in the spiritual world. Dios ha establecido un principio en el mundo, en, la, en, en la, uh, el mundo espiritual igualmente, el, 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 uh, uh, el principio de la semilla, el tiempo y la cosecha. Uh, seed, time, and harvest is a principle that God has put in order. And really, this phrase is part of a promise that God gave to Noah. After Noah and his family had come off of the ark, God had destroyed the world through a flood. You guys will remember that. And now when this has occurred, the Lord made a promise to Noah saying he would not destroy the world again the way he did through a flood. He would not send a global flood to destroy the world again. And he said, so part of this promise will be that you will have seasons and you will have a seed time and harvest. Dios le dice a Noé cuando él baja del arca, ya no voy a yo destruir jamás el mundo a través de un diluvio. Y como promesa le dio a, a, a Noé este principio de la naturaleza, la semilla, el tiempo y la cosecha. Anytime you want a harvest, and I know all of you want a harvest in here because you just told me you did a few minutes ago. But anytime you want a harvest, there are going to be these three Phases of the harvest. A estas tres épocas de cada cosecha. Semilla, tiempo, cosecha. Semilla, tiempo, cosecha. There are always going to be these three phases in a harvest. Seed, time, harvest. You cannot plant pinto beans. Any of you ever planted pinto beans? Now, pinto beans will grow just about anywhere as long as you water them, right? Uh, that's usually a project you'll do in middle school or something. But if you ever plant pinto beans in the morning, you cannot have refried beans by dinner time. <laughs> si usted uh, siembra frijoles pintos en la mañana, no va a tener frijoles uh, refritos para la noche. That's the principle. Seed, time, harvest. Say it with me. Seed, Time, harvest. So if you want to harvest, you're going to have to understand these three phases. Para tener una cosecha, usted tiene que entender estos tres etapas. Usted no va a sembrar en la mañana, cosechar en la tarde. Se va a llevar semilla, tiempo, cosecha. Now I want to first of all talk about the seed because most people, I think, don't really understand what the seed is. La mayoría de la gente no entiende lo que es una semilla. But I just want to identify for you what a seed is. And if you're writing uh, some notes, then write this down. A seed is anything that you have from God that you can sow into another person's life. Una semilla es cualquier cosa que usted tiene de Dios para sembrar en la vida de alguien más. Once again, a seed is anything 
that you have from God that you can sow into someone else's life. And what did I say? A seed is what? Anything. Say that word with me. Anything. Anything you have from God that you can sow into someone else's life is seed in your life. Cualquier cosa que usted tiene, que usted siembre en la vida de alguien más, usted puede entender que esa cosa es semilla. Did you know that your love is a seed? Su amor es una semilla. If you have love, you can sow love into someone's life. Say amen, somebody. Si usted tiene amor, usted puede sembrar amor en la vida de alguien más. When you smile at somebody, that smile is a seed. Su sonrisa es una semilla. A, a happy uh, tone in the morning that says, good morning, how are you? That's a seed. Si usted se levanta con una sonrisa diciendo, buenos días, ¿cómo amaneciste? Esa es una semilla. Now, love is a seed, but so is hate. El odio también es una semilla. And so if you have a bad attitude, your bad attitude is a seed. Si tiene una actitud mala, esa actitud mala es una semilla. You say, uh-oh. I liked it better when he's talking about sowing love and sowing a smile. But you know that it's just as easy to sow good as it is to sow bad, isn't it? Es tan fácil sembrar lo bueno como sembrar lo malo. And the scripture says this, that God, do not be deceived, the scripture says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. What a man sows, that will he also reap. Dice la escritura, no os seis engañados, lo que el hombre siembre, eso también cosechará. Si siembra para la carne, de la carne recibirá corrupción. If he sows to the flesh, he will from the flesh reap corruption. And if he sows to the spirit, he will from the spirit receive life. Si él siembra a la carne, de la carne va a recibir corrupción. Y se siembra para el Espíritu, del Espíritu va a recibir vida. Did you know that your words are seeds? Sus palabras son semillas. When you speak right now, as I am teaching, I am sowing the seed of the word into your life. And that is the most exciting thing that I can do is bring to you the word of God. Lo que yo estoy haciendo ahorita, estoy sembrando la semilla de la palabra. Y cuando yo siembro esa semilla, hay esperanza de que esa semilla va a traer fruto. That seed is going to bear fruit in your life. And your words toward your husband, toward your wife, toward your children, toward your employer, toward your employees, toward your neighbors are the seeds that you are sowing. And from that there's going to be seed, time, and harvest. Tus palabras van a ser semilla y esa semilla va a tener su tiempo y luego su cosecha. Have you ever heard somebody said, uh, say that they ate their words? ¿Ha oído que alguien diga, se comieron sus palabras? Well, because the Bible said that the power of life and death is in a man's mouth, in a man's tongue, and he will be satisfied by them. Dice la Escritura que el poder de la vida y la muerte está en la boca del hombre y él será satisfecho por sus palabras. That means that he's going to eat what he says. Lo que el hombre habla, él va a comer. So when you speak into someone else's life and you say, you know what, you can do it. You know what, you are beautiful. You know what, you are uh, strong. You know what, you can get up and try again. You are sowing seed of hope and the seed of love into somebody else's life. And that seed is going to produce some fruit in that life. Cuando usted habla y dice, usted sí puede, sí se puede levantar, sí Dios lo puede usar, sí Dios se puede perdonar. Esa es una semilla que usted está sembrando en la vida de alguien más. Another seed that you can sow is the seed of time. Todos tenemos la semilla del tiempo. And you and I are sowing our time on a daily basis. Usted y yo estamos sembrando nuestra, nuestra semilla del tiempo diariamente. If you sit in front of a television for hours at a time, guess where you're sowing your, your seed? Hollywood. 
Si usted se para delante de la televisión o se sienta en la televisión a ver y ver y ver y ver, está sembrando su tiempo en cosas que le van a dar ese, ese resultado. And so then when you start thinking like Hollywood, it's because you are receiving seed time harvest. It's getting quiet in here now. But you know, you can sow time by going and sitting with someone in a hospital room. You can sow time by going and, and uh, mowing your, your elderly grandmother's lawn without, um, without her asking you to it. Or, or going and, and sitting with someone in, in a doctor's office while they're waiting for a report. That is a seed that you're sowing. And all of us have some seed. All right? Another seed you can sow is money. How many of you have financial seed? Say, Pastor, I have some, but not a lot, so don't raise an offering. I'm not raising an offering. I'm just going to tell you that your money is a seed. Tu dinero también es una semilla. And when you sow your seed of money, then uh, you are entering into an agreement with God whereby you're saying, Lord, I'm expecting a financial seed, time, and then harvest. Amen, somebody. How many of you are sowers? I know you are because our church is, is blessed because you are sowers. All right? You are, as you give, you receive because you are sowing the seed of your finances. Uh, another seed is prayer. Otra semilla es la oración. When you say to somebody, you know what, let me pray for you. You know, one of my pet peeves is people say, I'm praying for you. And they're not praying for anybody. Right? They're, they're, not, they're missing out on great opportunity. Because when you pray for somebody else, you're sowing the seed of prayer. Cuando usted comienza a orar por alguien más, usted está sembrando la semilla para alguien más. Así que no diga, voy a orar por ti y luego no ora. Sino, toma esa oportunidad para orar porque esa oración es una semilla. Now, this is why this is so important. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 18, vaya a Efesios capítulo 6, verso 8. That's verse 8, I should say, not 18. Ephesians 6, 8, Efesios 6, 8. And I want you to see how important then this seed is uh, to our life. Entonces, quiero que usted aquí vea la importancia de esto para nuestra vida. The scripture says this, the apostle Paul speaking. He says, knowing, knowing this... He says, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is slave or free. Did you find it? Now, if you are in the habit of marking your Bible, it's a good verse to mark. All right? Let me read it again. It says, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. Now, look at the, the, look at the promise there. God says, whatever good you do for someone else, who will do for you? God will do for you. That's why you need to mark that in your Bible, because this is a huge promise. It's like our president says, it's huge. All right, this is a big one. Es algo grande. Dios dice, lo que tú hagas bueno para alguien más, Dios lo hará para ti. Uh, am I making that up? Is that in your Bible too? And here's what I want you to notice. Usually when we sow our time or we sow our money or we sow our good words or we sow our, uh, our uh, love, we think we're going to get our harvest back from the person that we sowed it into. God says, don't worry about getting your harvest back from them. If you give a homeless man on the street $10 so he can have lunch, don't expect your harvest to come from him. God says when you sow seed, your harvest is going to come from me. Dios dice aquí cuando usted siembre semilla, no espere recibirlo de la persona donde usted sembró, espera recibirlo de una fuente mayor. 
And that's exciting to me because there is a greater source of my harvest. My harvest does not depend on the people that I sowed into. My harvest depends on God. Nuestra cosecha no depende de la persona donde usted invirtió, sino depende de Dios. Say amen, somebody. Because I know that as I was saying that earlier, you were thinking, yeah, Pastor, I sowed some kind words into that person. And then if you knew the things they said about me behind my back. And I gave them a hand when they had a financial need in their life. And I didn't even loan them the money. I just gave it to them. And then I had a need in my life. And they said, well, yeah, but what have you done for me lately? And, Pastor, I just don't understand why the people I've been helping haven't been helping me back. Well, see, God said, look, this is how it works. When you sow, don't look to them. Say amen, somebody. Look to me. Dios dice, cuando siembres, no mires al hombre. No mires al lugar donde sembraste, mírame a mí. Porque lo que tú hagas bueno para alguien más, yo lo voy a hacer para ti. So let, let, let's just back up here a little bit. That means if you sow love, God says you'll get love from him. You know, a lot of, a lot of times uh, pastors, I'm just going to use this because this is the profession I'm in, but pastors or ministers do not like to share their secrets. You ask them, Pastor, how do you write your sermon? You're like, oh, 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 it's just me and the Holy Ghost. You know, I don't, you know, they don't want to tell you how they do it. What books do they read? How do they go about it? And keep it to themselves. But I have learned that when you ask me, how do you do this? Some people come to me and say, Pastor Isaac, how do I, how do I preach a sermon like you preach? And I said, okay, sit down. How much time do you have? Because I'm going to teach you how to do it like I do it. And they say, Pastor Isaac, this one's been coming up a lot lately. How do I write a book? And so I sit down and say, how much time do you have? Because I'm going to tell you how to write a book. And what am I doing when I'm sowing into them? Because first of all, what I have freely received, I am going to freely give. But while I'm sowing into them, I know that if God is allowing me to, to help somebody else reach their goal, that he's going to give me the help I need to reach my goal and to get to the place that he wants me to be. Someone, come, someone somebody, say amen. So don't look to man, look to God. If you sow words, expect God's word to come back. On your life. See, if you expect, if you sow time, watch God bring time into your life. If you sow money, watch God bring financial resources into your life. If you, if you want to see your harvest, you've got to understand the power of your seed. Si quieres ver tu cosecha, tienes que entender el poder de tu semilla. Say, my seed has power. Did you know that every seed has an assignment? Cada semilla tiene una asignación. You will never plant an orange seed and get apples. The seed is assigned to produce oranges. Si usted tiene una semilla de naranjo, no va a sacar manzanas. Sembré naranja y salieron manzanas. Nunca le va a pasar eso. Porque la semilla tiene una asignación. When you sow, friends, you and I are entering into a divine principle established by God. It is a law established by God. What you sow, you will reap. Este es un principio, una ley establecida por Dios, la cual Dios estableció esta ley y mientras esté la tierra estará esta ley. While the earth remains, this law will continue to be in effect. I want you to, to think about the widow at Zarephath. In the, in the first book of Kings, there was a great drought. En, en Primera de Reyes había una gran sequía y la gente se estaba muriendo de hambre. People were dying of hunger. And the Lord sent the prophet Elijah to a little village called Zarephath because he said, I have commanded a widow to provide for you. Dijo el Señor al profeta Elías, ve a Zarephath porque yo he mandado una viuda que te mantenga. Now, the widow doesn't know that she is part of the equation. 
La viuda aún no sabe que ella es parte de este, de este plan. Entonces llega um, el profeta a ella. The prophet arrives where she's at and she's gathering wood to make a fire to make her last little bit of flour into a bread cake so that she and her son can eat. And then she says, and then we'll die. So she's thinking, we're going to die, but we're going to die on, an imp on a full stomach. All right? I think she might have been from South Texas. Ella dice, vamos a hacer un fuego, voy a hacer un pan, vamos a comer yo y mi hijo, nos vamos a morir. The prophet says to her, all right, he says, go and get me a bread cake first. El profeta le dice, ve, haz un pan y tráeme a mí primero. I just told you that the last bread I have is for me and my son. And then we're going to die. He said, go and bring me a cake first. What's he doing? He's giving her an opportunity to sow some seed. Él está dando a esta mujer la oportunidad de sembrar una semilla. And then he gives the seed an assignment. And he says, go and bring me a bread cake first. And your meal barrel will not dry, neither will your cruise of oil be dry. He assigned the seed. Él le dice, la, le da una asignación a la semilla. Y dice, si tú me das este pan a mí primero, no se va a secar la tinaja de, uh, de, de harina, ni se va a secar la vasija de aceite en, en tu vida hasta que se termine esta sequía. And guess what she did? She sowed her seed. She understood that that seed had an assignment. And when she sowed that seed, the scripture says that she gave to Elijah her, her last bread cake and she went back and the, the, the bowl where she kept the flour was full. And the cruise of oil was full again. That means that she had tortillas for the rest of the famine. Every time she went back to that bowl, it was supposed to be empty, but it was full again because she had, she had walked into an assigned seed and said, you know what, I'm going to give what I have to God. And this is the reality of it. You always have a seed. Say that with me. I always have a seed. Now, you said it, but some of you didn't believe it. You said, Pastor, I don't know about that. Say it again. I always have a seed. Usted tiene que saber que siempre tiene una semilla. How big is a seed? It's tiny. A seed is always small by comparison to what you need. La semilla siempre es pequeña a comparación a lo que necesitas. Pero siempre tienes una semilla. Notice that miracle. What the woman needed was in her house. You go into the second book of Kings. Si usted va a Segunda de Reyes, there's another woman. She comes to the prophet Elisha this time. And she says, my husband has died. And he's left me and my sons in debt. And the collectors are going to come and take my Uh, they're going to take my sons into a debtor's prison to pay off the debt. And he asked her a simple question. What do you have in your house? See, he was letting her know there is something in your house that you can sow into this situation. And if you will sow what you have, God will use that seed and the law of the seed will produce seed, time, and harvest. Él le dice a la mujer, ¿qué tienes en tu casa? Cuando ella dice, mis hijos se los van a llevar a la cárcel para pagar la deuda, él dice, ¿qué tienes en tu casa? So tonight, really, the Holy Spirit is asking you a simple question. What do you have in your house? Every time you come up against a need, you need to ask yourself that question. What do I have in my house? What do I have in my life? What do I have in my Uh, what do I have access to? You say, Pastor, I don't have anything. Is there somebody that has the expertise that you need? 
Maybe there's somebody in your Rolodex. We used to say in the Rolodex. Some of you guys don't know what a Rolodex is. But you have in your contacts list somebody's name that can help you with the situation you're in. You have something in your house. Maybe you have something that you can, that you can uh, bring into the situation. You didn't think it looked like much. It's small. But God says, look, I have left the, the, the seed for your miracle is already in your possession. La semilla para tu milagro ya está en tu posesión. God has not left you helpless. Dios no te ha dejado sin semilla. It's getting quiet in here. Say that again. I always have a seed. You know, one, one, uh, one winter I told the church, I said to you guys, we're going to receive a vision offering. And I said, I want everybody to give. That morning we had planned to bring our vision offering. I said, don't anybody, don't anybody stay without giving. If you have to borrow a dollar from your neighbor, borrow a dollar. How many of you remember that? You know, that if you did that, you were, you were realizing there's somewhere, somehow that I can get this seed in the ground. And I have seen God work in the life of this church and in your finances. You know how many cars, you know, I don't know about every church, but in our church, we have the pastor bless our cars. And I always bless the car by praying, praying God's blessing and safety over you while you drive it. Then I honk the horn twice, all right? There's nothing magical about it, nothing superstitious. And if your car hasn't been blessed, it's still saved. Don't worry about it, all right? Your car is okay. But, but you know how many cars I've prayed over this year? It seemed like every Sunday there's a car to pray over. So I don't want you walking in here saying, I don't have a seed. God is taking care of you. Why is it so quiet here? I said, God is taking care of you. So you know that you always have a seed. The important thing is you have to look around to see what is my seed in this situation. What is the right word? What is the right decision? What is the approach I can take? What can I give? What can I offer? What can I bring to the table? And when you ask God to intervene, he'll give you wisdom to understand and identify your seed. Because your seed has the power to get you out of trouble. Your seed has the ability to bring a harvest into your life. In fact, you cannot receive a harvest without a seed. So if you said, yes, pastor, I'm waiting for my harvest, then you got to ask yourself, where did I sow my seed? Because until you've sown seed, you can't expect the harvest. This is, this is a reason why a lot of people, are, uh, they get frustrated with God because they want God to bring things into their life, but they haven't sown the seed that produces that into their life. Usted no puede esperar una cosecha si primero no ha decidido tener una una semilla. Y cuando usted siembra, entonces ahí puede esperar la cosecha. Are there any seed sowers in the house? ¿Habrá alguien aquí que sabe sembrar semilla? All right, so I want you to learn this principle because it's also important. Always be sowing seed somewhere. Siempre estar sembrando semilla. And you say, Pastor, I can't right now. I'm low on seed. Guess what you need to do? Sow that seed. Si usted está, está bajo en semilla, siembre la semilla que tiene. I said, sow the seed you have. That lady I told you about, she was low on seed. She was down her end. But that seed produced a harvest in her life. Esa semilla produjo una cosecha en su vida. Now, the next principle is the principle of time. Say time. Every seed requires time. And basically all I'm going to say about this tonight is that you need to give your harvest time. Tienes que darle tiempo a tu cosecha. Let God do it. Deja que Dios lo haga. God is the author of time. He knows what he's going to do. And it takes time for your seed to mature 
and become the thing you want it to become. And the longer you give it, the more fruit is going to produce. Entre el más tiempo le des a la semilla, más fruto va a producir. Look, listen, the Bible said that God will give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So there is one thing you can do with seed, and you can eat it. How many of you like to eat seeds? Pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, pinto beans. All right. You can eat your seeds or you can plant them. Now, once you plant it, you're going to get a little sprout like that. You could eat the sprout if you wanted to. But if you eat the sprout, that's your harvest. Or you can give that thing time to grow. And if you give it time to grow, especially if it's something hardy like a tree, you're going to have to give it a lot of time to grow. But if you will give it time to grow and say, you know what, I'm, I, I, I'm not going to pull it out of the ground. Because some people get impatient. They say, you know what, I'm going to pull my seed out of the ground. I'm going to pull my tree out of the ground. I'm going to stop investing in this person. I'm going to stop giving to this life. I'm going to stop speaking kindly to them. I'm going to stop praying about them. You know what, you're pulling your tree out of the ground. It's not going to give you the fruit you want. Tell your neighbor, give it time. Now, that's a prophetic word for somebody tonight. Tell them again, give it time. Don't get frustrated. Don't get anxious. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. No estés ansioso. Ahí, con ansia, ansiedad, a ver cuándo, a ver cuándo, dale tiempo. Si usted sembró semilla, esa semilla va a producir fruto. And you know really what I think is growing is not the seed and it's not the tree. It's you and me that are growing in the time process. La realidad es que los que estamos creciendo son los que sembramos. Porque en ese tiempo de espera tenemos que esperar. Ahí está esperando nuestra fe. Ahí está esperando nuestra confianza. You know that being a farmer requires a lot of faith. Ser uh, uno que labra la tierra requiere mucha fe. You've got to trust God to provide the rain. You've got to trust God to bring the, to keep the, the, the pests away. You've got to trust God to make sure that that harvest comes through and that no devastating storm brings uh, wreaks havoc on that harvest. Your faith is growing in the time process. Tu fe está creciendo en ese, en ese tiempo que tiene que pasar. And then there comes the harvest time. Say harvest. All right, this is the exciting part, right? Ya llegó el tiempo de la cosecha. Ahora, esto es el momento de alegría. You see yourself right now like Donald Duck or, uh, I don't remember his name, Uncle Buck swimming in gold, right? Just gold coins everywhere. Yeah. Well, I want to help you identify your seed. Ask me a question tonight. Pastor? What does my harvest look like? I'm glad you asked. All right. Your harvest might be people. Oh, Pastor, I don't want no more people in my life. I have enough with the people I've got. Tu cosecha puede ser una persona. Says, Pastor, ya no necesito gente en mi vida con la que tengo me sobra. People can be a harvest in your life. Listen, someone who blesses you or encourages you, strengthens you, or corrects you can be your harvest. Si usted tiene alguien en su vida que lo anima, que lo bendice, que lo fortalece, o lo corrige, es una cosecha en su vida. Say, Pastor, I like all of those except for correct. None of us like somebody to correct us, but you know that the greatest harvest sometimes that you and I need is correction. A veces la cosecha más grande que usted y yo necesitamos es la corrección. And some of you know all about correction because you sowed so much seed in your childhood that you harvested correction a lot. But you know how important it was to get that correction that we got? You know how important it is for someone to say to you, you know what, you're doing this wrong. This is the wrong approach. That's the wrong attitude, wrong mentality. That's the wrong guy. That's the wrong girl. 
I'm not getting any amens anymore. That person can be God's harvest coming into your life. A blessing from God. So it can, if you have people in your life that encourage you, that strengthen you. Um, the other day I was at the, at the HEB. And um, it always takes me a long time to get out of HEB because everybody wants to be prayed for and, you know, all of these things. So I'm at the HEB and I'm in the, the grocery line. And a, a woman who was in front of me, she, uh, she did that thing where, where she left some of her groceries behind. So I reminded her about her groceries. And then uh, she was trying to make sure all her coupons got taken care of. And you know how coupons take forever, right? You know, you got to go through all of this process. It's taking a long time. And there I was sowing love, right? I was sowing lots of love. <laughs> I saw you a smile. I said, I have nothing else to do today. Don't worry about me. Right. Well, finally, when, when it was all over and done with, she made so, something else happen. She forgot something else. So finally, when she was all, all uh, done with, she said, thank you, kind sir. And I felt like I was back in the, in the Charles Dickens days. Sir. I, I felt like I was wearing a tall hat and was uh, a, a top hat and was seven feet tall. It's like, thank you, kind sir. It's like, yes, ma'am, naturally. What was happening there was she became a blessing to me. She became a harvest to me. She said something that encouraged me. If she had called me kind sir again, I would have carried her bags to her car. <laughs> Come on, don't act like you don't like to be encouraged. So, hermanas, if you want to get some good things out of your husband, call him kind sir. Build him up. Use your words. Right? Get, that, get that man going. Well, when you and I find these people in our life, often we tend to take them for granted. We need to learn to identify this was a harvest. This was God bringing into my life a harvest. Maybe it was somebody that helped you find the job or get the job that you needed. Somebody that, that was able to be used by God to improve your life in some way. Somebody that believes in you. And I'll tell you what, somebody that believes in you is worth more than a paycheck. Somebody that's praying for you is worth more than a salary. Come on, somebody. If you have somebody in your life that believes in you, that says, I know God's going to do this in your life, that encourages your faith, that picks you up when you're down, they're worth more than all the gold you could come up with. And that is a harvest from God. Another thing that is a harvest is an idea. How many of you ever had an idea? I'm praying for you on a weekly basis that God will give you the next two things in abundance because the ideas can produce a harvest in your life. And I'm praying that God will give you $1,000 ideas and $100,000 ideas and million-dollar ideas and billion-dollar ideas. Pastor lost his mind. You see, you can't receive this. It's not for you. But those of you who know what I'm talking about, you know how to pray. You say, Lord, give me an idea. A business, a strategy, a formula that can change my life, that can change my finances, that can change my entire family's finances. And, and when you know, when you get an idea, sometimes you think, oh, you know what? If I was Bill Gates, that would be a good idea. If I was, if I was Donald Trump, that would be a good idea. If I was Warren Buffett, but I'm just me, and I don't come up with good ideas. you got to stop thinking like that. Why? Because you are indwelled by the Holy Spirit of God. If you ever had a good idea at all, it came from Him. Si usted ha tenido una buena idea es porque vino de Dios. How many of you have ever had an idea that saved you money? I don't care if the idea saved you 10 bucks or 100 or 200 or $1,000. That was a harvest in your life. That was God saying, here, this is what I want you to do. And, and when you act on that, God is bringing that harvest into your life. The next one is an opportunity. An opportunity can be a harvest 
in your life. An opportunity to increase your finances or use your skills is an opportunity that has been given by God for you to do something. And every opportunity is a harvest. Toda oportunidad que usted recibe es una cosecha. And many of our harvests have been left on the vine because we didn't seize the opportunity. Muchas de nuestras cosechas se han quedado en, en, en la viña porque no cosechamos las oportunidades. Let me tell you what the scripture says. You guys know this because it, it's, it's often quoted in church. But Malachi says that if you are a tither, that the Lord will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing such as you will not have room enough to receive. You guys have heard that, right? Dice la Escritura que si usted diezmador que Jehová abrirá las ventanas de los cielos y derramará provisión, abundancia, hasta que sobreabunde. You know that that word windows, I went to, to see what does this windows of heaven mean? When God says he will open the windows of heaven, you know what the word literally means? It literally means opportunity. God says, I will open the opportunities of heaven and pour out a blessing that you will not have room enough to receive. So you know why we haven't often received that overwhelming harvest? Because we have not taken the opportunity. Say, Lord, help me see my opportunities. Listen, the reason we don't identify an opportunity as a harvest is because we expect that a harvest means that the work has already been done. But no one who's ever harvested anything would believe that. Because a harvest is hard work. Una cosecha es trabajo. Maybe some of you guys never have never harvested anything. I didn't harvest much myself. But uh, when I was growing up, we had, to, we had to stack hay bales. That was my grandfather's harvest. If you ever stacked hay bales, you know that a harvest requires work. And some of you picked cucumbers, or you picked watermelon, or you picked cotton. Some of you, you know, you did all of those things. You know the hard work that it is to bring in a harvest. But because you and I go to HEB to get our groceries, we think that a harvest means God's going to bring you two sacks full of groceries, and that's going to be that. But really what he's doing is, if he's bringing you a harvest, he's bringing you an opportunity to work. An opportunity to labor, to get involved, and to do the thing that's going to produce prosperity and blessing in your life. So think about this. Every chance you get to come to church is an opportunity. Every time the pastor makes an altar call, guess what? Opportunity. Every time there's an offering received, it's an opportunity. Every time that you see that opportunity that comes into your life, many times your opportunity looks like a problem. But every time you solve a problem, it's an opportunity to receive a harvest. So when you and I learn to identify that our harvest is going to be, it could be a person, it could be an idea, it could be an opportunity. And if we seize that opportunity, we can receive all that, has, that God has put into that harvest for you and for me. And I don't want you to miss that because I want you to know that whatever you do, when you seize that opportunity, God says that you will, you will prosper. Scripture says whatever the righteous man does will prosper. The blessed man, the scripture says in Psalm chapter 1, that whatever he does will prosper. And that he will bear fruit in every season. So you see, you can bear fruit in the winter. You can bear fruit in the summer. You can bear fruit in the spring and in the fall. If you are sowing seed and giving it time, you can have a harvest throughout your whole life, throughout your whole year. And tonight, I want to just challenge you with that because your harvest requires, is going to require some labor. It's going to require you to go out and get it. And I want, to, I want to close with this tonight because at Kingsway Church, we are receiving a harvest. How many of you have been praying that God will grow this church? How many of you have been praying that God will save ten souls every week? How many of you have been praying for a long time? Guess what? We're in harvest season. 
And you know what harvest season means? Work. You need to see this in your, in your mind. Harvest equals work. Say that with me. Harvest equals work. You know, every week just about, we are challenged by the need for staff in various departments in the church. And in particular in the children's ministry, because more and more children are, are coming to the house of the Lord on a weekly basis. Say amen, somebody. And you know what? The temptation might be to say, well, we just need to send these people away. You know, that's what the disciples did. They came to Jesus and said, Lord, the people are hungry. You've been teaching all day long, and we're hungry too. And you need to send the crowd away. He said, you feed them. What do you mean? You feed them. And the Bible said that they brought the seed that was available, which was five loaves and two fish. And Jesus took it and he blessed it and he gave it to the disciples and they had to work to take that to the people. And you and I have work to do as a church. And so here's what I want you to know. If you've been in this church for a long time, you've been praying for God to bring us a harvest. The harvest is here. The harvest is coming. Harvest equals work. Pray like you've never prayed. Volunteer like you've never volunteered. Give your time like you never gave your time. And give your finances like you've never given your finances. Because there's work to be done. And so instead of saying, send them away, instead of getting this, this uh, attitude of saying, you know what, things aren't like they used to be, or that person took my seat, and you know the way that, that sometimes traditional churches get, you and I have broken free of all of that, and we're saying, God, we want the harvest. Because it's not our harvest, it's the harvest that belongs to Jesus. He's the one that sowed his life on the cross. And tonight I'm asking you to help me bring in the harvest. When you see someone come into our church who's uh, a, a, our guest, receive them with love. Give them your affection. Receive them into the body of Christ. When you see a new believer, pray for them. Encourage them. Walk with them. Mentor them if you must. But do whatever you can because the harvest requires work. I don't want to lose any part of our harvest. Our harvest requires Every person doing everything they can. And if you're just now joining our church and you're saying, oh, Pastor, I'm still scoping things out. I'm church shopping. I'm trying to find out if this is where I belong or not. All right. I just want you to know that when you join us, join us to bring in a harvest. Join us because you love souls and you love, you love lost people and you love broken people. You know what I love? I love watching God mend broken people. And I'm watching him do it every single week at Kingsway Church. Come on, somebody. I said I'm watching him do it every single week at Kingsway Church. And people say to me when I'm going around uh, a town or in, in, in doing my, my ministry, they say to me, you know what, Pastor, I'm broken. I, I have, my marriage is ruined. My, my children are rebellious to tell me all the, the junk that's going on in their life. And I just get a smile on my face because I know of a place where they belong. I know of a place where God is building and restoring and reviving broken people. And you and I are the testimony of that. You know what I tell people? I tell people don't. You know, because a lot of times people think if I go to church, they're going to say, they're going to think he's gone through this before. He's getting religion again. Guess what? When he, and what was what I tell people is when everybody's going through something, nobody has the time to worry about what you're going through. I'm trying to get through myself. Come on, somebody. We're all trying to get through our journey. We're all on the same journey. And I want to just say 
to the world that there is a church here that is ready to receive you and love you and encourage you and build you up because we love the harvest that belongs to Christ. Jesus sowed his life for people. And when, when you get to heaven, when you and I get to heaven, you won't be able to tell who was the churchgoer and who was the prostitute. You won't be able to tell who came when they were young and who came when they were old. You won't be able to tell who Jesus saved from drug addiction and who Jesus saved from hardcore religion. It won't matter because we're all covered in the blood of Jesus. So get ready to work, Kingsway Church. I said get ready to work, Kingsway Church. Harvest equals work. Instead of complaining about the work, we're rejoicing in it. And we say that's a good problem to have. That's a good problem to have. Tonight, I believe that your harvest is coming from the Lord. And I want you to know that what you have done for someone else, God says, I'm going to do it for you. He says, I am the rewarder of those who diligently seek me. I don't know what your need is tonight. But if you've been sowing seed, watch God work. And if you haven't been sowing seed, take the seed you have and start sowing it. And let God do the thing that he alone can do in your life. Would you stand with me tonight? Say with me, seed, time, harvest. If you're in the sowing season of your life, that ought to be every day. You're sowing seed. I pray God will help you to identify the seed that you have. Because sometimes your lack and your circumstances have led you to believe, I don't have a seed. But tonight, I'm telling you, you have a seed. Release it into God's hands. If you're in the time season, in the time period of, of things right now, you're saying, I'm not seeing anything happen. Nothing's coming out of the ground. It doesn't seem like anything's being produced. Wait. Give it time. Watch God work. And if you're in the harvest season of your life, take every opportunity you get. Take every idea God gives you. Don't shirk. Don't look back and say that would have been better for somebody else. God brought it into your life because you can handle it. It belongs to you. So if that's, if that's whatever season you're in of your life, there's something for you to be doing right now. So just raise your hands. Because one of the greatest things about harvest is that harvest demands worship. Harvest demands celebration. It demands that we come before God and say, God, all that I have came from you. And all that I ever will have will come from you. So would you just worship him for a few moments? Worship him for the seed that he gave you. Worship him for the faith that's being produced in your, in your waiting. Worship him for the harvest that's coming to your life and yet to come. Just open your mouth and bless the Lord. Yes, Lord, we receive your rain. We receive your provision. We receive what you have given to us. Our harvest will not be lost. The enemy will not steal your harvest again. The enemy will not steal your provision again. The enemy will not take what belongs to you. God has built a hedge around you. It belongs to you.